How will I face this mountain ahead of me? Will I spend time studying how big the mountain is? Or will I trust that my God is bigger? Will I fear what lies in wait on the other side of the mountain? Or will I trust that my God goes ahead of me? Will I lose focus on where I am headed? Or will I trust my God to guide my steps? How will I face this mountain? All right. Uh, we are going to continue our series this weekend. And uh, as you can see from the title, Facing Incredible Odds. Pastor Paul Lowell, he, he, he encouraged me to call this instead of facing, faithing incredible odds. But I said, I can't do that, or they'll all think I have a lisp uh, if I said faithing incredible odds. Uh, but that was his suggestion, and I have to give him credit for that. We're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 today. This is the last message in our series. It kind of, kind of is like a crescendo of these past weeks as we've been looking at uh, some Bible characters who have done just that, faced, faced amazing uh, obstacles that were in front, but they did it with faith, and we've learned some lessons from them. Got some Bibles available. Ushers, you can see the ushers walking down uh, that. You know, as they're doing that, I want to share something real important to us is in our community of faith here. Kind of represents a, uh, a shift. You know, Marcy gave a testimony about change, and, you know, change is part of life. Uh, let me back, backpedal just a little bit. Here at North Shore, uh, we are very intentional about making disciples. Uh, we want to invest in people's lives to the point where they'll grow and ultimately grow to the point of maturity and, and multiplication. Uh, one of the things we've noticed in the leadership is that God has been entrusting us with some very dynamic young leaders, and we were, we were trying to invest in them. A few weeks ago, I gave you a challenge to embrace that, encourage them. Uh, we want to give them opportunities to, to lead and to speak and to you know, do these things, because that, that's our church, and, and that's what we're about. Um, well, in the light of all of this, one of our roles is going to be changing. It's very significant. It has to do with Damien. Uh, a number of weeks ago, we began to explore the possibility of a role, uh, a shift for him, and that is going to go over to what we're calling a community pastor of connections. And what this means is, is that everything that happens before we ever get in here uh, into the auditorium, all the folks, and any given week, and there are dozens of folks that are coming to North Shore, and we want to make sure they have the best opportunity to connect with our discipleship process. And you need somebody very gifted in the area of relationship. And I think Damien happens to be one of those that can build relationship. Um, but as you can tell, this is, this is a big shift for us. Damien's been doing what he didn't have the number, but he'd been doing this for 17 years. All right? Been leading worship. Most of you here today have not known another worship leader if you've been here at North Shore. Uh, you know, I, I, I reflected this morning and I thought about, dude, you know, Billy Graham had his Beverly Shea, you know, Ken Long has had his Damian Thompson for 15 years. He, he's been, he's been our, the go-to. And so, so this represents a shift. But what, what's going to happen kind of on the other end is God has led to us a young man uh, through our media uh, team, uh, Josh Rogers, who has gifts in this area of worship. And this has been growing. Uh, he has a passion for worship. Uh, been doing it behind the scenes, but on occasion on, on the weekend. And so here's what's going to happen. We're, we're using the word migration to describe what's going to happen over the coming weeks and months. It's not going to happen overnight, 
but I want you to be aware of it. We're moving that direction, and Damien's not going anywhere, and that's the good news, right? <laughs> You're not going anywhere. He's going to have a chance to talk just in a minute, all right? But I got to get my two cents in before he, he does. But he, some came to our attention. Damien, in fact, pointed this out. North Shore's never done this. Usually when somebody changes, they, they're leaving, and then we're replacing. But to, to shift like this is something new for all of us, for me, for him, for, for us. And so I want us to do this well. I, I think it's gonna require all of us and participation from all of us for encouragement, for prayer, which we're gonna do in just a moment. And we're just going to trust the Lord that he is gonna guide our, our steps through that. Not only for Damien in the new role that, that he's gonna be assuming, but uh, also for Josh. We are celebrating all of you who have been involved in the worship uh, ministry and, and those of you who have yet to be involved or who will be. Uh, this is such an important piece of our life together. So we're trusting God, we've got our eyes on him and I'm just counting on all of us to, to be encouraging, uh, to be faithful, to participate, uh, to, and again, to pray. And so that's what we're gonna do. But before I do, I wanna invite Damien, uh, maybe part of his family to come up, Alika, his wife, and uh, yeah, and the, the kids that are here, come on up. And I want Josh to come up. I want Josh to come up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Pull it together. Yes. Thank you, Coach. All right. <laughs> thank you, Sister Kay. And I love you guys, and I, I really hope you know that. Um, to say that this has been a journey uh, would be kind of an understatement. Um, you know, journey uh, for us these days usually means we're going someplace uh, intentionally on purpose which means we make plans and there's usually an air flight there's a hotel there's a car rental and all this stuff we want to do because we want to have our act together and we want to do it at the best price yeah but you know sometimes flights get canceled and hotel didn't get your reservation and the car smells and you know and it's like wow all that happened with the best of plans because it isn't always about the destination it is about the journey and i've been blessed to be able to journey with you uh, for the last 17 years uh, in this role in, in, in uh, worship. And I want you to know how honored I have been to be able to do this with you and for you. I've been blessed by having uh, an amazing choir family um, who are just some of the most unbelievable people you would ever know. You just got to be led by them. I wish you just could be in community with us. I have just this amazing uh, worship band who has just stepped, you know, in and just served. And then there's these worship team people who, these are my people. And I love them deeply, and I've been so blessed with them. Um, but let me tell you, I have been blessed the most by the hand I hold here this morning, this amazing young lady who has walked with me. Um, see, y'all go home, 
And then I go home, and then she can't really send me anyplace else. Cause, but she has been there by my side. She has um, held me accountable to the Lord, accountable to our family. And she has kept me in line and um, lifted me up and blessed me in ways that I don't have words. So I'm not even going to try any more than that. But here's what I want you to know. Um, this next thing that I am stepping into... I cannot even begin to describe how excited I am to do this. Why? Because for the most part, I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay? So that means the pages are all empty, and now I'm excited to see what the Lord wants to write and what he wants to do. I have so much to learn because my 17 years has been all in this room. But you all make up this whole community and atmosphere that happens out there, from the parking lot to the doors to the lobbies. To, and there is this thing called life that is happening out there. There's this thing called ministry that is happening out there, and I want to be a part of that. And so I, I want you to know that how, just as I described this ministry season I stepped out of, this one I'm stepping into, I didn't do it by myself in the one I did before, and I'm not going to do this one by myself. So that means I need you, all right? Some of you I know, some of you I don't. It won't matter. I'm coming after you, all right? Because I want to build a team of people who, when folks walk through our door for the first time, they aren't just amazed. They are completely, they're just, it's like, I, I got to come back. This is home for me. Because they know they're going to be loved in the name of Jesus. I'm also excited because of this. There's this young man that's standing up here with me. Now, there's the one that's right next to me. And for some of you who've wondered, how long has Ken, how long has Ken been here? This is how long Ken Long has been our senior pastor. And what a blessing these 14 plus years have been. But the, but the young man standing on the other side of him and his beautiful bride staying next to him, they packed up all the way from Indiana to come here by the Lord's call. To come here and to step into a place that is now becoming theirs, to become a part of a community, and to step into a place where worship, I'm telling you now, church, is going to be in good hands. Josh loves the Lord his God but he loves his people just as much. And so church, I want you to come alongside him. I want you to bless him. I want you to worship with him and because uh, we're going to do this together. So I'm going to hand this microphone to him and you're going to hear from his heart for just a moment. Yeah. Um, uh, we are just humbled and honored um, to, to be out here. It's been... Uh, we've only been here for a year and a half, but it's been uh, just a journey and so fun to just follow the Lord's leading in it. Um, first and foremost, I just want to thank and honor Damien for leading the way, um, just in creating this ministry that honors the Father and loves people well. Um, I have huge shoes to fill, but I just thank you for aiming this thing, and I just get to step into it. Um, Guys, the only way I want to do this is family style. I want to get to know you. If you don't know me, come, let's hang out. Let's drink coffee. I like coffee. I hope you do too. I hear that's a thing here, so hopefully that'll work out. Yeah, ask me questions. Let's get to know each other. Um, something to know, I guess, if just something about me is um, uh, my whole life is just totally different because of Jesus. And so I've tasted and seen that he is good and not good for 2,000 years ago or good for 2,000 years from now, but good for today. And so my prayer is that uh, individually and corporately as a family, we can grow in that together and just continue to taste and see that he's good and bring that light into Everett together. life and and uh, 
obviously this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And uh, as I said earlier, we, we want to do it well, but we can't do it on our own. This is God, and, and we need him. We're desperately, desperately dependent upon him. And you, uh, to continue to lift these guys up in prayer, all of us, the, the ministry, um, it's not going to happen overnight, like I said. Not going to be an abrupt change. I mean, Damien's still going to have a lot of opportunities up here, uh, probably to sing, but, but to speak and to, to give announcements. We're going to still let him do announcements every <laughs> once in a while. All right, so not going anywhere, but, uh, but it's, a, it's a big change. So could we pray and just commit this all to the Lord uh, this morning? Lord, you, you, you see us, you know us, you know us better than we know ourselves. We, we confess out loud that, uh, that we are utterly dependent upon you these days and trusting you to guide us through the steps that, uh, that we're perceiving that you're, you're about uh, right now. Worship is just such a, an important part of our life together, our community life together. And we know it's very personal. And so with these kinds of adjustments and changes and transitions, it, it really requires adjustments on all of our parts. But we're praying that you will instill with that in us um, just a strength and a confidence and a faith to, to keep our eyes focused upon you, even like the lesson we're learning today. So I just pray for Damien, for Alec, and for their whole family uh, as, as they make these moves and transition, that he is going to be fruitful in this ministry, that we are going to see the evidence of that fruit all around, and the teams that he's going to build and all of those that he's going to influence are going to grow exponentially in their faith. Pray the same over Josh and, and those that have served and those that are going to serve, and that God, you'll use his leadership in that so that uh, folks will, will walk in these doors and sense a tangible presence of God in this place. And, and know that we are a people that serve you. So we commit this to you, trust you for it today. Uh, we look forward to what you're gonna say to us through your word this morning. And oh, we open our hearts up to whatever that is and however we can put that into practice. So all these things we commit to you in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you guys. <laughs> Appreciate you. Woo. Woo. Wow. Well, um, by now, you, hopefully you have your Bibles open. We, we are looking at 2 Chronicles chapter uh, 20. And I said this is the last message in this series. Uh, by the way, excited next week. We're starting a new series in the Gospel of John 17. We're going to be digging deep into the prayer of Jesus. It's the true Lord's Prayer, but we're going to be looking at some fresh aspects from that, and that, that'll start next week. But today, this this... This story that we're looking at is, um, it, it, it's, I say this probably too often, it's one of my favorites, but it is so comprehensive and there's so much for us today in, in these, uh, these next few verses. If you've ever found yourself in a situation where you felt like everything was going against you, you ever been there? You ever felt like all the stops were being pulled out and you're almost like under attack and, or being ganged up on? And, and you thought, what is going on here? Well, I'll tell you, if that's been your case, maybe you walked in with that scenario, I got a story for you. And we're gonna learn some lessons from a king, but before we kind of dive into that, I think it's really important for us to appreciate the context or the backdrop of where this comes from. And if you have your Bibles open, we're looking at verse, 20, or verse uh, one in chapter 20, 
because the first two words are critical whenever we're looking at a study like this of, of what's to follow. The first two words are, after this. And if you read that, what is the question that you're going to have? After what? What, is he, what just happened? Well, the best way to find that out is to go to the previous chapter, chapter 19. And I just have to tell you, what was happening was there was revival going on. Uh, Jehoshaphat, the king, was a, a godly king, and he was doing things much like we learned about Asa, where he was doing reforms, he was getting rid of idolatry, he was ramping back up the Levites and the word of God and the priests and, and getting everything back in motion. You read about that. It was, it was just like a spiritual revival. And I just have to remind you, if you're on the spiritual mountaintop, then where do you go from there? The next place that you go, the only place you can go from the mountaintop is where? Down, Down in the valley. And I, I just want you to tuck that away. You know, you, we can celebrate. Wednesday night, many of you were here for our prayer time, and it was just, it was really a good time to come together and just seek the face of the Lord. We did a little celebrating just to honor God for what he's doing. You know, our discipleship team has been coaching and leading and everything, and our groups are multiplying. We have over 50, 55 groups that are going now of folks that are growing and learning. Um, from our academy, we heard the news that there had been something like 50, 52 decisions for Jesus in our elementary uh, age kids just in the past weeks. That is worth celebrating, you know? God is doing some great things, you know? Jeff Culp was back here last week talking about in China what he was doing in whole nations and moving, uh, you know, the ministry there. Luigi was with us uh, three weeks ago, uh, and God was working in, in Italy. Uh, by the way, in two weeks, we're going to have Brian Ingram, uh, our partner, our pastor from Glasgow, Scotland, and they've just planted a church in Belfast, Ireland that is thriving. It is actually exploding, and God is doing some amazing things in that setting. Um, so we, uh, we're excited about what's doing, but anytime that happens, guess what's going to happen? The enemy is going to push back, and that's what I wanted you to understand. If you're looking at the next verse, as he says, after this, after this revival, what happens? The Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, and probably could add some stalactites and some stal stalagmites and ancient ancestors of the Gassoonites, uh, you know, and all the other ites out, that are out there. Just seeing if you're, seeing if you're paying attention. Um, they came against Jehoshaphat for the battle. In other words, they're ganging up. They're, they're all gathering together and they're coming after him. And it says, Jehoshaphat, he says, is told this, the great multitude is coming against you from Eden from beyond the sea. And behold, they're from Hazon and Tamar, that is in Gedi, which is just right down the hill from Jerusalem by the Dead Sea. It says, then Jehoshaphat was afraid. What we're going to see this first section is a frightened Jehoshaphat. And friends, I think all of us would agree that when we feel this way when we're under these kinds of conditions that fear is one of the first things that happens is our, our knees just starting to tremble. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. You know, Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8, he says, you know, the enemy's ro ro going around like, and prowling around like a lion, like a roaring lion. Why does a lion roar? It's to intimidate his prey, right? Just to get their attention. And, and, and so he hears this and this news and he's frightened. 
And here's the thing that we want to learn today. What does he do in the face of that? And it's, it's just so laid out there so beautifully over these next few verses, and I want us to follow this. If you have your notes handy, we're going to walk through this in light of what everything else going on. We're going to go through it kind of quickly, but I want us to look at, at kind of the, the steps that he took in the light of these circumstances when you're feeling attacked, when you need something of God that is probably what we would call a miracle. You need God to show up in a supernatural way. If you haven't been there or if you're not there now, you probably can remember a time you were, and I promise you it's not if, but it's when you will be there the next time. And so we tuck this away. Let's walk through it together. The first thing, as we look at the solution now to this situation, first thing he does to no one's surprise is to turn to God. He turns to God. I love that first part where he says, he was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. He sought the Lord. You remember last week I, I quoted a John MacArthur, if you recall, and I just said, you know, he, he talked about maturity as being coming to the point where our involuntary reflex is biblical. Our involuntary reflexes are biblical. And I would just change that up a little bit. I wonder if our involuntary reflexes, when these challenges come our way, are prayerful. That we're gonna go to the Lord in prayer rather than to just kind of sink into uh, you know, the situation or, or, you know, that, that is surrounding us. He turns to God. We learned this from Asa four weeks ago, that Asa, in the first part of his, his uh, reign, he turned to God when the Ethiopians, the million came after him with his only 300,000 soldiers. He turned to God, but 35 years later, instead of turning to God, he turns to a pagan king from Syria to try to bail him out of the circumstance. And he's rebuked by the prophet for it. Something to learn and tuck away. And so he turns to God, God, what is your perspective? What, 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 how do you see this situation? is what Jehoshaphat is doing. And I don't uh, miss out on the phrase, the fasting. Uh, fasting, if you're not familiar, is just simply voluntarily denying yourself uh, food for a period of time. Purpose is to focus. It it's kind of intensifies your praying during that time. Uh, some have suggested physiologically that uh, your blood is not devoted to the digestion and it goes to your brain and actually it allows you to think a little bit more clearly in those times. Um, but, uh, but whatever, Jehoshaphat calls them to a fast because they're seeking God, okay? That's the first thing. Second thing is, what's he do? He prays to God. He talks to him about this. And that prayer unfolds beginning in verse five, when he stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Will you... Or you rule over all the kingdoms and the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? One of the things, one of the things I noticed as this passage was kind of laying out, there were three questions, and it says, are you not, and did you not, and will you not? Okay, and some of us this morning, if we find ourselves in circumstances that are difficult, and we don't know what, you know, not sure what, what's going on here, and we're thinking, you know, even when I go to the Lord in prayer, 
I'm not sure what the Lord is, is doing. I, I might not even have confidence and faith to believe that God is going to respond or react. Friends, let's learn from what Jehoshaphat did and how he prayed under these circumstances, okay? Three things I wanna encourage you that we can learn from it. Here's the first one. Remember who God is, okay? Remember who God is. He's the God who is in control. He says, he says are you not the God who is in, in the heavens and you control it all? You rule over the nations. You're the one who made all of this. You're the one that I'm gonna turn to in my time of need and, and who's gonna have the solution for that time. That's, that's where I'm gonna turn to. And he's reminded of that. Sometimes when I'm, uh, you know, maybe with a piece of technology or an appliance or something like that and something's gone wrong with it, you know, my, my first instinct is to go to the manual. I go dig it out of the drawer where I keep all my uh, you know, operating manuals and I go through it. More often than not, that doesn't answer my question, but there's usually an 800 number on there. And it's usually from the manufacturer. And if I'm lucky enough to get somebody on the phone, you know what I'm talking about, you, you ask the person who made the thing, how, how, how do we handle this? That's what we're talking about. You go to the one who made us, okay? He says, are you not the one in control? The second thing is, remember what God has done. Did you, did you not deliver us out of the, the enemies in the past? Did you not cast out all the ones who were here when we first got here and establish us in this place? I don't know if you're in the habit of making journals or, or writing down things on your journey that God has done, but I'll tell you, there's something to say about going back to the moments, those defining moments, those memorials that you set up where God did this here, God did this, God did this, and it builds faith. It? Nothing builds faith more than to recount how God has acted in the past. And then the third thing is, will you not? It says, you have to believe and ask God, will you help us again? Ask him again. You've done this in the past, Will you do this again? This song we sang to morning is, so, is just so apt for, for this. You know, you've been faithful, you've, you've shown yourself, he will do it again, amen? He will do it again. And that's what Jehoshaphat is praying and that's what he is trusting God for. And so the third thing is, very important, you're gonna notice that he admits their need before the Lord. Literally, what he says, is we are powerless against the great horde that is coming against us, verse 12. We're powerless. If you look back at verse six, if you recall when we read in verse six, he says, you have the power, you have the might, God. We, we are powerless uh, to do this. And friends, I just wanna warn you, when you get into these moments, some of our instinct is to fall back and say, hey, I think I can handle this one. Lord, you can, you can just kinda, uh, you know, take it easy on this one. I've got this one. And you know what God says? He says, you just go right ahead. Let's see how that works for you. How does that work for you? Not usually too good. And he usually brings us to a place where he's saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm powerless. Now for Jehoshaphat's that. This is a place that we need to be reminded of. Here's the fourth one, and I, this is where it really gets good. This is what sets this story apart, in my opinion. This verse, <laughs> I have to say, one of the more oft-quoted verses in my own journey, and this is simply, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
We don't know what to do. We don't have all the answers. We're powerless. But our eyes are focused upon you. Focus on God. And if you're, again, writing notes, could I just I encourage you, put in the parentheses to the right of that, not your problem. Don't focus on your problem. Focus on the Lord. There were a few days ago, you know, I was just I was talking to the Lord, and he was just kind of taking me back to the episode where Peter was in the boat and the waves were just going crazy and, and the wind was blowing. It was a very dangerous moment. And all of a sudden, who comes walking on the water? Jesus. And he sees him and he recognizes him and he keeps his eyes on him and he says, Lord, if that's really you, call me out. And as, as his eyes were focused on Jesus, he got out of the boat. And friends, make no mistake, the waves were real. The wind was very real. It was all swirling around, but he walked toward the Lord. As soon as he started looking at the circumstances around him, what happened? He began to, to go down. And there's a lesson there for us. There was a lesson for me that I, I just sensed the Lord saying, keep your eyes just fixed on him. I think it was Oswald Chambers said, if you're truly recognizing Jesus we have no business being concerned about how or where he orchestrates the circumstances. If we're truly focused on him, come what may, the wind and the waves, but we're on him, and he will, he will allow us to remain buoyant through those times. I, I talk to folks, and you know, I say it myself sometimes. You know, how you doing? Well, I'm doing okay under the circumstances, right? Circumstances are like a mattress. If you're on top of them, uh, you rest easy. But if you're underneath them, you suffocate, right? And we were not intended to be under the circumstances. He wants us to be victorious and to rise above those. And so he's saying, focus upon him. Now, here's, here's where it really gets good because you want to know how the Lord responds? The answer that he gives to them is, listen to this. All, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Is that not good news? Doesn't that just kind of cause you just to take a, a big sigh of relief, say, wow, this is, this is not, the Lord said this is his battle. I don't, have to, I don't have to contend with that. I just need to trust him that he is in the middle of it and our eyes are on him. Uh, I, I wanted to slip this in here because I don't think that we want to miss this. Another thing that I learned from this passage is to get some support in these times. Don't try to do it alone. It says, meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, with their wives, and with their children. You know, we talk about our life groups here, and so many of you are engaged in those. And I, I wonder if you discover, like I do in my own uh, group, that we go through life together, and life happens. And I don't know what we would do without the prayer support, without the encouragement. Uh, I know in your groups, I've been hearing stories about meals being delivered through, through seasons of, of difficulty. Uh, Greg shared a testimony Wednesday night uh, of a, one of the groups that had a, a, a very close neighbor that was in crisis financially and their group within 40 minutes had raised enough and beyond of what their need was. I mean, these kinds of things are happening 
And we need that kind of, of support. And Jehoshaphat knew, man, we need to do this together. We're family. We're family, just like we were talking about before. And, and we treat each other that way. Okay? All right. Two more things. Two more things. Number six, rest in your faith in God. Rest in your faith in God. He says, you will not need to fight this battle. Don't you love hearing those words? You don't need to fight this battle. He's already affirmed the battle belongs to the Lord. But watch this. He says, instead, stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. That's the second time he's said that, by the way. And do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Stand firm. What that means, literally, is being in a position of, of quiet confidence. God is going to act. He's prayed to the God who's in control. He's been reminded of what God's done in the past. He's asking, Lord, would you show up again uh, in this situation? We're going to trust you and believe in you. And he's standing in that quiet confidence. Friends, waiting is not fun for any of us. Waiting on the Lord. When we know what's out here, what might be coming, uh, it's so much easier to worry, isn't it? And to be anxious. But he says, don't do that. You stand firm. And if that wasn't enough, he gives us even two more little specific hints of what to do in the waiting or the standing. Watch this. Verse 20. Look at verse 20 with me. Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Hear me, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. There's two things, two things to remember. Believe in God's character. Do you know the Lord? I know there's some of you that are, might, might be just beginning this journey, and maybe you haven't understood these things, but most of you here today have experienced the goodness of God, haven't you? His faithfulness, his power, that he is a God of miracles, and that he will act again. You know that about him, and he's saying, believe in the character of God, and then the second one, he said, believe in the prophets. Now, back then, what did that mean? He says, believe in the word that he's given you. Believe in the word of God, the truth that is there. The enemy tries to, to just sprinkle us with lies and deceit and all kinds of things to dissuade us. You have to pay attention to his truth, and that's found in his word. There's over, you've heard me say this, there's over 7,000 promises in this book. And there's one for you today that you can cling to, that you can trust him for. Okay? And so he says, rest in this. Rest in your faith. And the last thing I wanted to share that I see here, <laughs> and I'll tell you, this is great. And, and that, that is to thank the Lord in advance. To thank the Lord in advance. And meaning before the battle's ever even waged. Start thanking, start praising him in advance. Jehoshaphat brings all of his little dwindling army against this, this group that's uh, ganging up against him. And he stands before them after all this prayer and he says, okay, here's our plan. Here's our battle plan. He says, I want you to take the choir and I want you to put the choir out on the front lines. Now, I don't know that what, what that says about his feelings about the choir, all right? <laughs> I, I won't make any comment on that. <laughs> but... But he puts them out there, and it even tells us the song that they're going to sing. The song was, 
Thanks be to the Lord for his love endures forever. It was a song of gratitude. It was a song of thanksgiving. And as they praise the Lord, then we see what happens. Three things. First of all, there was a victory. It says he set an ambush. And if you were part of this deal, you're standing back and you're watching this unfold, and you see these guys coming up over the hills, and you're thinking, oh boy, here we go. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they start fighting each other. And they destroy each other. And they're just standing back watching this. That's how it works. You trust God, and the battle belongs to the Lord. The second thing was the plunder they took. It took them three days to collect all the stuff, you know? And they go, whoa, man, look at all this. This is just a blessing from God's hand. And the third thing was there was a testimony that went out to all the other nations. They all stood back and watched what God had done on their behalf. And if, if you read between the lines, they're basically saying, you better not mess with God's chosen Israel because if we engage them in anything, he's gonna show up. And there is no way we can, can contend against their God. What a powerful, powerful story. And today, I just, I kind of wonder, um, in your own life today, as you walk through this, there's a very good chance that the Spirit of the Lord was taking you to a place. And it could be any number of areas. It could be your health. It could be uh, a, a marriage that, that is a big question mark. I've been discipling a guy, and uh, just a few days ago, uh, you know, he, he got back with me, but my, what was it, two or three weeks ago, it just seemed like it was over. And he told me that. He says, it's, it's just over. I, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, he came back in, and you're just seeing God begin to show up in a, in a beautiful way. And maybe, maybe that's a scenario you're going through. Maybe at work, things aren't going well, and there's big question marks financially of what that means, impact for you. And you're thinking, wow, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but friends, today, if we could walk through this, even in the example that Jehoshaphat's given us, to turn to the Lord and pray, be reminded of who he is, how, how great he is. Nothing's impossible for our God. He's done things in the past. You know that he'll show up again. Focus upon him. Don't turn to the problem or the circumstances. But, but keep, keep your eyes set upon him. And by faith, would you be willing to even take another step and say, God, I thank you in advance. I praise you in advance for what you are going to do because you are God. Amen? Amen. You know, today, do something just a little bit different. Um, but these are, these are the kind of times where maybe the Lord's calling us to respond in a tangible way. And I wanted to give, the, give you that opportunity. Uh, the worship team's gonna come in just a moment and guide us in a closing song, reaffirming some of the words we've already sung this morning that are, that are just so timely. But you know, we, I, we have bring out the kneeling benches. And for some of us, you know precisely what it is that you, you wanna take to the Lord. And like Josephat, you wanna model this. You wanna inquire of the Lord and just lay it at his feet. And you'd like to make some tangible expression. I want to give you the opportunity while we're singing. In fact, I even asked them to kind of uh, dial back just a little bit so it's not overpowering. But if you wanted to come and kneel, if the benches fill up, you can kneel at the chairs or along the side or wh wherever God leaves you. 
Uh, you can do it right where you're at, but you may just want to make this outward expression. I want you to feel the freedom to do that, okay? Let's, um, let's stand together and let's just enter this time uh, with, our, with our gaze upon him and whatever it is that he's saying to us, okay? Let's stand. Father, thank you for this example that we've been able to spend time with this morning looking at. Uh, your word is timeless. And Lord, for some that walk through the doors today, they, they, they're just kind of taken back and, and just wowed by the timing of this because this is exactly where they are at. They needed this word today, this affirmation, this confirmation that you are God. You're the one that's in control. And some of us, Lord, unfortunately, have been trying to handle this on our own. Today, we, we just in our heart confess we are powerless to do this. And you have all the power. So our eyes are on you. We trust you. Lord, we, we pray for the faith and for that quiet confidence to stand firm, believing in your character and in your word. We, uh, we cling to it. And now we just stand back and watch. What are you going to do? And we're going to give testimony um, as that unfolds because we believe it's going to be to your glory. I just pray over your people today. I'm trusting that, that this word will, uh, will be a lasting word uh, wherever we find ourselves today. So we commit this time, even as we worship you, with these words, we honor your name. We love you with all of our heart, and we commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together, and if you'd like to come, you feel free to do